very warm welcome to the master class with fearless educators in collaboration with helios educor i am rekha shah moderator of today's session working as a principal at podar world school shama vadodara happiness coach for the corporate sector and uh, international life skills trainer have designed 3 months certificate course on learning difficulties for special educator and for the parents of children with special needs i'm very happy that uh, today we all are going to hear all about future of work and learn post covid and our today's uh, guest speaker is mr amit goel it's wonderful to give a brief introduction about today's speaker mr amit goel is a head of india and se asia at edx world's largest e learning platform founded by meet and harvard university mr amit is credited for making india as the second largest b2c learner based world's largest based for edx prior to edx mr amit was head of education solution business for samsung electronics he was responsible for product development for various education mobility products being used by leading edtech and test prep companies of the world today such as byju's lab learning tab learning mr amit was also known as man behind launching world's cheapest pc tablet akash one laptop per child initiative of indian government mr amit holds the bachelor degree in it masters in business from oxford brookens university oxford and various it and business certificates from the world bank mit iim microsoft etc mr amit also chairs the lotty india congress and advises indian government and startup so my dear audience let us put our hands together and welcome mr amit goel over to mr amit goel thank you ma'am thank you so much for having me uh, i must say uh, the organization looks uh, extremely professional and we have a great quorum over here uh, i'll be happy to share my two cents uh, allow me to share my screen right so thank you so much for having me this is uh, amit goel i manage edx for india and southeast asia edx is a joint venture of mit and harvard university technically edx is just a division within mit world's uh, largest and most renowned engineering institute based in us so today we'll be talking about the future of work and education and there has been a lot of hoopla when we talk about what's going to happen post covid uh, mm. i speak to people across all spheres of life whether it's someone who's working in a particular corporate whether who's someone who's working as an educator or a teacher they all see certain uncertainty they all feel that you know there are going to be more job uh, job losses uh, things are going to get worse before it gets any better but i still maintain an optimistic view about it so let's talk about 2030 so before uh, covid we used to say that you know uh, by 2030 50% of the jobs that exist today will actually go away now that was our prediction uh, until january or february this year but now the covid has actually accelerated that change what we going to see now is moving forward this is the green reality which a lot of us have actually pictured in our minds now the whole point of technology was to really ease out you know a human's job however what started happening is the very same technology have started replacing human beings today you go to amazon's warehouse at any warehouse they have actually reduced their workforce capacity by 75% to 80% so about 75% to 80% human beings are replaced by robots now what is the reason 
the reason is not just about you know the cost cutting it is one reason but the main reason is to bring in efficiency more efficiency helps them keep on edge helps them maintain a usp and keeps them on the bay but the change has been happening you know for a very long time the work has always changed as we see a while ago when my parents you know would ask me to book a cab for them if they have to go to airport or something and if i tell them you know i'll book a cab from you from my mobile phone they'll be very apprehensive they would be like you know i can't really trust a driver to whom you don't know and whom you're simply booking using an app they would still prefer sending someone physical or calling someone known person and uh, you know go by them and they would be at their complete mercy if the person if the driver doesn't show up there is nothing that they can do about it right so thanks to technology what we have seen is the evolution has actually resulted in uber and ola today if we have to book any cab we don't really have to step outside of our house wait for hours we can simply book everything on a tap the same thing is happening in entertainment as well well this is more relevant actually i would say in the last 3 to 4 uh, months in the indian sphere outside india the central image is still very prominent the ott platforms have been replacing entertainment for a long time but in india we recently hear that you know a lot of these movies a lot of these shows are now releasing full fledged on netflix amazon prime and all of these platforms so similar way entertainment is being transformed right uh, i remember in the pre covid era we would go to uh, movie halls you know pay as much double as the price of a ticket for uh, the confectioneries and the groceries that you will get there uh, but at netflix you can chill at your home and have entire entertainment consumed at the tip of your hand same thing goes with hospitality industry earlier you used to go to a hotel negotiate and then uh, today i think it's been a while when all of us have gone so used to booking our hotels online you could check the reviews you could go through the entire services and then make a conscious call now that implies that the work has been changing what you just saw in the previous slide actually shows that you know the kind of growth that has happened in the last 10 years this growth which has happened in the last 10 years is actually 2000% than what has actually happened in the last 40 to 50 years so you can really see the change at which technology at the pace the pace at which technology is changing and the pace at which business are adopting the shift in technology during covid what we also see is the number of job losses have been extremely extremely significant i mean the pace at which we are losing jobs were absolutely unheard of uh, and i would say the jobs are still changing faces uh, they're not completely depleting away they still exist around the corner it's just that the skill set which is required to perform that task that is changing so what i was saying is uh, i would say at least 3 to 4 months ago an airline like indigo spicejet goyer or air asia etc all of them were competing with each other on the market share they never realized that their biggest competitor today could be an application like skype or google hangouts the one which we are using right now a lot of the customers or a lot of the passengers that these airlines ferry on a daily basis are business customers who commute to different cities just for business meetings but the last 3 months 4 months have actually taught us that all of those meetings can happen virtually now the technology existed for a very very long time but covid had just given us a nudge technology which has been there for a long time this is an era of artificial intelligence and machine learning these two technologies are penetrating our day to day work life even before we could imagine it a basic google search that we do a basic google maps that we use uh, a recommendation of your popular video that you would see on youtube that's all an algorithm of artificial intelligence and machine learning the machine simply understands they simply calculate what this particular user has an interest in what they are aspiring for and then they pitch that kind of data in front of them but as i mentioned earlier the work has always changed i'll cite an example so 
there used to be an electric repair store, electronic repair store outside of my house. And I've grown up seeing that old uncle. He used to repair a bulky CRT monitor when I was a kid. Later on, I noticed that those bulky monitors have gradually disappeared. And that uncle started repairing flat screens, LCDs, LEDs. Gradually, he started repairing tablets. And today, when I meet him, I ask him, what is the next skill that you're learning? He says, today is the era of voice commands. The whole input has changed. The whole output has changed. So now he recently taken a class on how to repair Alexa and those devices, which uses your voice search as an input. So the work has always changed. What is important for us? And you know, that goes for everyone who is present today is to make sure that we are changing ourselves with a changing technology and the business needs. However, one of the key thing, you know, which is very prominent to our change system is the education. Unfortunately, the formal education has not really changed in a very, very long time. This is how the classrooms used to be hundred years ago. And at a broader level, if you look at the classrooms today, they still pretty much look very similar. Just they would be in uh, different colors, not black and white, but the pedagogy is still very same. The teacher would go to the class, they'll open their book, they will dictate a lecture, uh, you know, and then they will conduct some exercises. Then there would be standard examinations. Students will write answers in their examination book. And after a couple of weeks or months, they will simply get a score. The system will not tell them what was the right answer to the wrong input that they gave. Where exactly did they lose their mark? And those learners are stuck to the wrong concepts their entire life. So I feel this is a fundamental flaw in which, you know, with which uh, we're teaching our students today. The learning, the challenges that we see with learning today is it is quite costly. The quality is poor. There have been numerous research that says that, you know, a graduate in India, a BTEC in India, the average salary of a BTEC in India is about 12,000 rupees to 14,000 rupees. In a metro city, people would pay more to a driver or a mason or a full-time maid uh, than that. So where, is, where exactly is the returns on investment there? Plus, if I talk about their employability prospects, 80% of the engineering graduates in India are considered unemployable by the corporates. They lack the basic skills, which makes them ready to go on the flow and face the customers. They simply lack the employability quotient. The reason is our technology, our education is highly bundled. When we enroll into a three year to four year long bachelor's degree or a two year long master's degree, the curriculum, the syllabus is already defined. Now imagine if I'm enrolling into a technology degree today, what I will be studying over the next four years is already written down in front of me but the technology will completely change in the next four years. So how will I ever be able to embrace that change? Whenever I'll be ready to go out and, you know, on the work front, my practical skills would be at least three to four years old. It may not even resonate to what the employers are looking for. So technology is moving too fast and academics are not being able to cope up with it. The problem also lies with scalability. So today our schools and colleges, I mean, for all practical purposes, you know that you're not able to teach more than 40 to 50 students in a class. Otherwise you'll absolutely lose their attention span. You will not be able to focus on the individual learners learning needs. But even when I talk about a class of 40 students without technology, it is extremely difficult to uh, understand their individual learning requirements and create a bespoke solution. At MIT, what we have seen is in future, the learning is going to be digital. The learning is going to be in demand, on demand. Whatever I want to learn, whenever I want to learn on whatever topic that comes across my whims and fancies, I should be able to learn that on the go. Similar thing has happened to education, uh, entertainment. Similar thing has happened to the way we consume a food, the way we consume entertainment. For example, cricket, which gets paramount importance in our country. The whole format has changed from a five day long cricket match to one day long. After one day, now we are talking about 2020. And gradually, I think the whole 2020 format may also get changed. 
So the same thing needs to happen to education, wherein it has to be ubiquitous, it has to be omnipresent, it has to be in demand, and it has to be linear and agile. Now, keeping all those learning needs in mind, we came up with edX. edX, ed stands for education, and X could be any possibility, anything that could do with education. It is a joint venture of MIT and Harvard University, and today the world's largest online learning platform. We started with just courses from MIT and Harvard, but today we have 150 plus universities on the platform who offer their courses across all the in-demand skills and technologies. So whatever you want to learn at any level, we have learners ranging from seven years to 96 years on our platform. I see that we have a lot of teachers present here. So if a teacher wants to learn something on education, education pedagogy, the science of teaching, uh, how to teach online, how to learn online, the science of happiness at work, or maybe any cutting edge skill, we have plenty of courses for you know school leaders, education leaders, and these courses are coming from most promising uh, universities like MIT, Harvard, Berkeley, Michigan, etc. So you can take all of those courses, whatever comes to your mind, they say, they have an app for it, we have a course for it. So just go to the edX platform, which is edx.org, write whatever comes to your mind, and you will be able to find a course from one of the top ranking institute. Today, we have about 150 plus top ranking institutes of the world on edX platform, such as MIT, Oxford, Berkeley, Columbia, Harvard. From India, we have IIT Bombay and IIM Bangalore. So with this platform, we are trying to democratize access to higher education. We don't want people to say because of the lack of certain resources, because I could not crack IITJ, because I couldn't crack, uh, you know, GMAT, SATs, etc. I could not get entrance into IIT or MIT or IIM Bangalore. If you just go to the platform, you will be able to learn from the very same professors who teach at those institutes. For example, now what's unique on this platform? is, for example, if I want to learn economics from University of Harvard, I will simply go to edX.org, write economics, and the courses will pop up. And here is something unique that we all love, especially Indians. The price, it says free. At edX, we have made learning absolutely free for anyone, which means whatever you want to learn, whenever you want to learn, there is a course that you can take absolutely free. There are 3000 plus courses across all the in-demand skills and technologies. How do we sustain ourselves? If you want to go for a certificate of completion, then we charge a small fee for it. The courses start from as low as $5, $10, $20, etc. This one, for example, see, imagine getting a certificate from University of Oxford for $50, right? And if you don't want to go for the certificate, if you don't want to pay, then learn absolutely free from the same professor who teaches on campus. Now, I think this is something revolutionary that we have done in the field of education. Online education has been there for over two decades now. When I speak to colleges and schools and universities, I see a lot of them say, yeah, we are also into online education. We also provide live classes. Uh, I noticed my daughter also takes online classes now. She's four years old and thanks to COVID, uh, my whole family has been nudged into taking online classes. So they now realize what I do is not a scam and this is something concrete. So, but the difference that we see in traditional e-learning versus active e-learning is the way you engage with your students. What we see is, unfortunately, a lot of colleges or education institute, when you talk about online education, when you talk about providing online classes to your students who are not able to come to your campus, you simply record a video lecture and give it to them. But have you ever noticed what is the duration of a video lecture? After It is way different. For example, a lot of your teachers would be complaining that students would not just sit in the front of the laptop the retention span gradually reduces. Our research actually tells us ideal duration often, I'll actually come on to that point uh, in a bit. Before that, I'll show you here how we teach on edX is using active learning pedagogy. 
we show using, we teach using bite-sized videos along with transcripts embedded with learning resources, videos, reading material assessments, and it's a very modular structure. You can pause the professor you want. You can <laughs> increase their speed, decrease their speed, rewind them, or completely shut them down. Once you complete a course, you get a certificate of completion from the course provider. This comes from Oxford University, signed by the professor who teaches at that university. Now, the claims that we make, are they really substantiable? So we literally put EEG machines on some of our learners' brains and see how they react to online learning. What we found is after seven minutes, their attention span starts decreasing. So if someone is giving you access to an academic video, after seven minutes, a normal human brain, they start losing their attention span. So videos should be modular. They should be broken down into small bites. What we also see is the blue points, the blue lines that you see here, these are the active state of a human mind. If your learners are just watching a video, you see very little blue lines over here. That means the mind is active for a very limited time. If the learners are interacting with a video using a discussion forum, which means they are watching a video and they are putting discussions and comments on it, like they do on Facebook, like they do on Instagram, then the attention span is much higher as you can see. And if you mix assessment to it, which is videos plus discussions plus assessments, then you see the attention span is the highest. So this actually delivers the best learning outcome whenever we talk about launching online courses or doing anything online. What we also do is we provide detailed insights for our instructors. Now imagine a teacher who's sitting, who's teaching a class of 40 students or 50 students. There is no way that she can ever make out whether the backbencher is actually paying attention or they're simply playing tic-tac-toe on the back of their notebooks, right? So, but using technology, you can actually see the individual learning requirements at each and every, each and every level for each and every individual. For example, if a professor has launched their video using insights, they can actually see were there too many replays at a particular point? If there were too many replays at a particular point, that means there was something amiss. They were not able to explain a concept properly. So they need to work on that. And this is the response that they get in real time. So the same thing happens on edX platform. When professors are teaching you, every keystroke is being monitored. And that's how they enhance their teaching efficiency. In brick and mortar setup, teachers have been teaching in a particular format for a very, very long time. They don't tend to change it. But by leveraging technology, they can really understand what is it that they were not able to explain properly and how they can improvise on it. For example, if you're teaching a class of 40 students or 50 students in a brick and mortar setup, you want to explain a concept, right? But individuals have different learning capabilities. They may have different learning requirements. So one hat may not fit all. So using technology, you could also do A-B testing to one set of learners you can teach using a text lesson and to another set of learner, you can teach using a video and they both take the same assessment and shows their logs. So similarly, the systems are smart enough to really act as your assistant and understand the individual learning capabilities, their requirements and deliver them the bespoke solutions. Moving forward, what we see is in education, we see three important trends. Education is going to be modular, it's going to be omni-channel, and it's going to be lifelong. Now, what's a modular education? For example, today, if I have to take an MBA degree, I can't go to a university and say, see, I want to pay 10 lakh rupees to you, 20 lakh rupees to you to enroll into an MBA degree, but I'm not sure whether it's right for me or not. Can I simply take a single class or can I just take one course from a semester and then identify whether I want to do an MBA from this institute or not, they'll simply wash you away, right? Because this doesn't exist until now. But now technology is making education modular. For example, on edX, 
we have launched fully online degrees. Now, Georgia Tech is one of the top 10 universities of the world. They offer a fully online master's degree under 10,000 US dollars. Now, imagine paying about 7 lakh rupees to get a fully online master's degree from a top ranking university. Now, if you feel that's a higher commit, you're not really willing to do that. We give you an option to take a micro masters. A micro masters is basically a semester of this master's level degree that you can do online at a fraction of the cost. Launched on edX, we have launched micro masters. For example, if someone wants to do, uh, let's say we do BEd in India, we do MEDs in India. Now, someone who want to do MEd, uh, but they are working, they can't really leave their job but they're not also sure whether they want to miss MED, whether they want to do MED. On edX platform, what they can do is they can complete about 30% of their degree online on edX while they're working, while they're teaching, while they're studying, which means you're completing a part of your master's degree online. Now that part will actually give you enough knowledge and expertise to be employable, to be equipped with that particular skill set. However, after that, if you want to go to a campus, the campus would accept the credits and give you admission to their own campus degree. An example, for example, if someone wants to go to IIM, we have a MicroMasters from IIM Bangalore. Now that IIM Bangalore MicroMasters in business management has six courses on marketing, business management, strategy, HR, leadership, accounting, finance, etc. Now, someone who's teaching, someone who's working full-time can take those courses online on edX while without going to the campus. Now, once they complete all the courses, they get a credential called MicroMasters in Business Management from IIM Bangalore, which itself is an industry-recognized qualification. However, if they want to get the on-campus degree, they can go to IIM Bangalore and say, I've already completed 25% of your degree. Now I want to take the full-fledged online on-campus degree, not on, not online, but on-campus degree. Then by virtue of that MicroMasters, they will get admission to on-campus degree. And because they've already completed 25% to 30% of the course, they don't have to repeat it. They will simply get credits for whatever they've studied online, which reduces their own campus time and duration by 25 to 40%. So imagine, they, we have broken down a degree into a semester. If you don't even want a semester, a semester consists of individual courses. So you can just take an individual course. If someone doesn't want to pay for an individual course, they can again learn it absolutely free. So education is getting absolutely modular. Omnichannel, which all of you must be seeing right now, uh, earlier education was only offered inside the doors in a brick and mortar setup. But now your teachers are delivering lectures online and students are consuming the content, you know, wherever they are, whenever they are. So I need not say more about omni-channel education. And education is going to be lifelong. So we deal with about 700 plus corporates across the world. And initially when I talked about the technology is changing so rapidly, it's changing so fast. Now, if you are a school, if you are a university, and you're worried about your teachers not being qualified enough, not being skilled enough to teach online. Can you afford to send them to an on-campus program or a degree to learn that skill? I don't think so. So that is where again, online education is going to come to their rescue. Now these, prof these teachers, these faculties, they never thought that they would be nudged in this manner to teach online, but this flow suddenly came and all of them have resorted to online learning. So they, and if a professor or if a teacher has to teach online, they must learn how to teach online. They must learn how to create such videos. They must learn how to create engaging lectures. So learning always has to be lifelong. We are working with several schools and colleges and universities across India, wherein we provide online courses to their teams. We have online courses available for uh, principals and administrators, for teachers, there is learning available at every level. So I would recommend uh, school administrators to send their staff to edX.org and let them take courses on how to teach online. So 
that's what we see with uh, the education system. I can actually skip that slide. And yeah, so a uh, learning has to be lifelong. Uh, it has to be modular. It has to be flexible. Uh, very quickly, I'll summarize within a short span. We now have about 100 million plus enrollments, learners from every country on the planet. And today edX is the world's largest e-learning platform. Initially, when I joined the conversation, I heard someone was talking about accessibility. edX platform is the world's most accessible platform, which means learners who may have any sort of a learning disability, dyslexia, speech impairment, visual impairment, they can use special devices and the entire platform is designed to cater the learning needs of everyone. So the future of education is clearly digital. Although omni-channel, modular, and stackable are the three key trends that we're going to see forward. So I'll take a pause here. That's all uh, that I had for you in my presentation today. Now I'll stop this presentation and answer any questions that you might be having for me. Thanks, Mr. Ami. And it's truly, you talked about 21st century learners. Uh, before we uh, go for question answers, I would like to invite our today's presenter, Dr. Ravi Tripathi, principal of Sumitra Modern School, Uttar Pradesh. We'll be listening from her and then we'll start the question answer session. Yes, Dr. Ravi Tripathi, over to you. Thank you so much. My greetings to each one of you and my heartfelt gratitude to Mr. Dipankar for his wonderful initiative, wherein we are there with the beautiful topics on daily basis, a kind of beautiful educational dose on daily basis. Thank you so much. Thank you, Amit Goyalji, a wonderful input, wonderful session, and a lot of things to learn. I'll be looking forward for a lifelong kind of uh, you know learning sessions with you. Thank you so much. And uh, I salute all the educators who are the off-screen warriors, indeed, who are showing a lot of patience, calm, and uh, cooperation, collaborative effort with each other to pull up with a lot of zeal and enthusiasm in this unprecedented time. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, Dipankaji next. So I'll be taking this topic, leveraging technology at Sumitra Modern School. First of all, a kind of brief introduction of the school. It is basically located at Sitapur at the highway and wherein we uh, cater the gentry who are coming from the background of farmer, uh, either they are employee of sugar mill or a small businessman or a few government employees. So the technology in this uh, phase where technology is a kind of ruling each one of us and we need to show that yes, we are techno friendly. And at the same time, we need to train our parents, teachers and students as well. A tough job indeed. Next. Now the scene is how to motivate teachers. The principal wasn't aware that COVID-19 is swiftly, silently entering to our lifestyle. We were not knowing about how to conduct the entire K-12 CBSE school online, wherein I know the reality, ground reality, that many of us, the parents, they do not have that much techno-friendly attitude. They do not allow children to hold the uh, mobile or laptop. Now, this training session starts with the teacher. 23rd March, the lockdown. And 26th March, we announced the result online that all the students have passed. Children were very happy. Nothing like that. Now, the scenario, how to rebuild the trust. That yes, offline, we were wonderful. And what about online? Yes, Our online, we are absolutely exemplary. We started training our parents, first of all. After sessions with the teachers, they were a little scared. They were a little uh, skeptical whether they will be able to transmit or they will be able to impart the same, uh, with the same potential, the content which they had for the teaching. 
Now, the teachers are the wonderful uh, individual who are able to accept the challenges every now and then. The wonderful inbuilt resilience in them. Now turns come the parents. And we started talking to, connecting to the parents individually, one-on-one, one-on-one. On one, one on one. It took almost 28 days to connect with each entire student's parent of the school. When started connecting with the parents, there were so many issues that were coming up, that were cropping up. And we were there with all the solution tool in our hand, as if we are plumber, we are doctor, we are psychologist, we are counselor. So all in one, complete package. We started introducing students that WhatsApp, Facebook, Instagram, they were very much aware of. Now, how this WhatsApp mode is going to be a kind of teaching platform for the students? That was a real challenge. And we started swiftly entering, diving inside the online ocean of education. Next. Now, this unprecedented timing has a, a kind of opportunity. It has scattered an opportunity to create the unending creativity and innovation individually, including teachers, parents, students. Now the journey of education starts here with the entire collaboration of the entire family. Now the parent, the grandparent, siblings, each member of the family was in the journey of education of a child. Next. Next, please. Yeah. Now the art teacher, we started with this. On a crossroad, with the proper mask and all, maintaining social distancing, she has portrayed that what is the beauty of challenge? How to take up, create awareness, and she has demonstrated her art on the crossroad and she was much appreciated. The school was much appreciated with this effort. Next, please. No matter what is the situation, but the show must go on. This is what we have been learning since ages. Videos, short bites for each and every innovative creativity things. Whatever material they had in their house. With the session of art and craft activities, a short clipping demonstrated first by the teacher and then the students used to practice it and they used to record it and send it back. So there is a kind of connection, a kind of exchange of thought, exchange of ideas, exchange of creativity. So demonstration played a very, very important role. Next, please. We have also done okra printing activity, some paper pickup making activity. Next, please. And it was absolutely a flooded uh, mail, official mail of principal, and she was overwhelmed with joy. And I was forced to think, was this performance online happening? I think not this much. It has given us a new horizon to learn, to learn, and to learn, to relearn, to relearn, and to relearn, unlearn, unlearn, and unlearn. So this is a kind of a um, beautiful moment which we are enjoying with each other. Next, please. Not only this, vegetable jewelry competition was also there. How they can enhance their creativity. This is what was being taught. How best out of waste activities can be very much useful in our day-to-day -day life. Next, please. All small, tiny children, they were so over-enthusiastic to perform. 
Now, how switchboards? They were asked first to clean the switches, the boards. It was again and again touched and was a little dirty. It was neatly cleaned first. And then some demonstration of art that was being painted on the wall. So wall painting was there, flower was, and all these things were best out of waste. Next, please. Not only this, we have conducted online GK quiz competitions and that too through WhatsApp, normal WhatsApp chat. Conducting a class of 35 to 40 students and that too. So kind of, a, you know, a competitive, healthy competitive attitude was there and there was one moderator, one vigilant eye um, uh, was there who was able to monitor who gave the answer first. So it was a wonderful show. I did it intentionally because I cannot switch over to Zoom. Lot of connectivity issue was there. A few students were there logged in their villages. So I had to understand the actual ground loot reality and accordingly I had to plan. So believe me, it was a mind blowing show. You can visit the website of the school and you can also visit the Facebook social media page of Sumitra Group of Institution, wherein you can feel that the uh, entire page is flooded with a lot of activities by the students. Please next. We also organized uh, a family Mile Sur Mera Tumhara contest where I asked my children to sing with their grannies, sing with their parents, sing with their uncle and aunt. And that, and that too with not using any uh, musical instrument, rather they can use some thali, some, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, some drums and all, okay, and uh, some glass beats and all, bowl beats and all. So they were very, very good through clapping. They were able to understand the rhythm. So the main intention behind was how to understand the rhythm of the family. That's very, very important. Now, we have also conducted the investiture ceremony online and it was very well appreciated by our chairman, the manager, sir, and the other guests from other different schools. Next, please. Thank you so much. I had a lot of things to say, but time constraint. Thank you, Dr. Ravi, uh, for your fabulous, innovative work. And uh, with, I'll say that uh, in the place where you are being set up, and uh, this kind of work, it's, it's truly adorable. So now we'll go for the question answer sessions. Got it, got it. What will be drawbacks noticed in the near future if the virtual world takes over the traditional teaching and learning process? So I think uh, using the word takeover would not be really appropriate. Uh, because if a teacher can be replaced by a machine, she should be replaced, right? Mm -hmm. A teacher can never be replaced by a machine. A guru can never be, re be replaced by the machine. The role of machines is to simply help them teach and learn more efficiently. In future, rather than the word take over, both the things are going to coexist. What we see happening today is blended learning, flip learning. So moving forward, Schools, teachers, educators, they will be leveraging technology as a part of their pedagogy and deliver the best of both worlds. So that's my take on the first question, that the future yeah, of learning yeah, is I, blended. Yeah, I completely agree with you as an educationist and uh, learning, relearning and unlearning. We are going to celebrate this learning. Uh, the next question is how best training can be given in this digital field so the whole purpose of education or you know the whole uh, i would say the true the ideal manner in which one could really teach and one could really learn is uh, by analyzing individuals learning requirement creating the content as per their learning needs and making sure they are able to not only retain what they have learned but they should able be uh, they should also be able to apply it so in one of my slides, I talked about active learning as a pedagogy. So whenever someone talks about training in the digital world, they should make sure that digital learning is way more than simply recording a video lecture. 
they should also focus on making sure that their education or their training imparts active learning it has to be a mix of discussions it has to be a mix of experiments it has to be a mix of hands on so thereby making sure learners are not only able to learn but they're also able to apply the concepts into practice so i'll pick the third one here yeah how to meet today's paramount challenge entering in virtual world online safety of students oh that that, that definitely is a major concern uh, so you know for a very long time a lot of uh, edtech players they whenever we have talked about exposing access to online technologies to our kids uh cyberbullying access to uh, inappropriate websites uh you know they have been a key constraint uh, yeah. a lot of screen time is also a major issue so i think educators as well as parents they need to really come forward and create a rationing uh through which learners are able to create a dedicated time for on screen uh, learning secondly uh there are ample courses available there are ample trainings and workshops available which are given not only to teachers but to parents as well on how to safeguard their kids from cyberbullying what are the things that they should be considering while exposing them to online world because nowadays earlier i would say a few years ago it would have made sense if you tell a 12th class student that you will get your mobile after class 12th or you will get your mobile once you go to college today you can't really say that to any student because today they'll simply say how will i learn so and i think this age group is going to reduce drastically so we need to be more open towards it there are plenty of uh, tracking applications which are available for parents which gives their learners a limited access but i think rather than uh, restricting certain access across certain things to students it's better to really educate them about the pros and cons and act as their friend rather than you know being an administrator so that's my take on the third one yes i completely agree and even nowadays wonderful workshops and awareness sessions are there for the students also because uh, with increasing technology as an educators it is always our concern that uh, uh, what about the uh, you know uh, cyber bullying and lot many other issues lot many wrong things are happening and i think uh, yes only the awareness and the you know conviction for moving right uh, will be the solution Uh, now my dear audience if you want to ask anything you can unmute your mic and you can put your questions forward i will say big thank you write in the chat session yeah yeah you can write in the chat session also uh, before that uh, mr amit i would like to ask you one question that uh, uh, i was really very impressed looking at your uh, at the ex that there are lot many courses available uh, and even for the uh, leaders you know and for the teachers also and uh, i will say uh, is there anything uh, available to give a brief introduction uh, to the all the teaching fraternity or all the principals groups or something like that absolutely so i can quickly share my screen hmm. and show everyone here on how they could leverage it so okay Would you want to? Okay, I'll be able to present now. If anyone wants to know how to take a course online on edX, all they have to do is simply go to edX.org. they could do that using their laptops or install an edx application on their android or ios phones now they click on what do you want to learn so let's say i want to learn teaching click on teaching i just have to write the keyword and the courses will come up okay okay the courses will automatically pop up right foundation yeah. for excellence yeah. in teaching online so let's yeah. say i open this course there's a course by michigan there's a course by teaching and learning in the diverse classroom by cornell so many courses are there yeah i'll just open this one for example and as you can see this course 
tells you contribute to a learning community and basically how do you teach online so you simply click on enroll yeah as i told you this course is also available for free if you want a certificate then go for certificate if i open another one leading ambitious teaching and learning this is suitable for administrators again available for free you simply click on enroll select limited access and there you go you have the whole course in front of you week 1 2 3 4 i can go through everything yeah so it's as easy i'm not using any special access nothing it's all mm -hmm. absolutely online available free of cost okay that's it start learning ah thank you thank you very much yeah yeah thank you so much right yes audience right so <clears throat> our school can buy any course to a group of teachers uh <clears throat> maybe you guys can uh, i'll drop my email address here it's agoel@edx.org you could send us an email with your queries uh, i'll have our teams reach out to you yeah all right so in the interest of everyone's time i'll take a leave uh, thank you so much for having me thanks to the entire organizing team thank you everyone thank you my dear audience uh, today we learned all about uh, various courses and uh, what where the technology is taking us so big thank you to mr amit and uh, dr ravi uh, for her presentation so uh, thank you very much